Welcome to Two Hours No Traffic with Spen Harris and Philly Brandon. This is a New York and Philadelphia sports podcast coming to you live, unless you're listening the, the next morning. Uh, this is Thursday night. It is 625, Brandon. We are in that meaty part of October where it's the World Series. Basketball is already about four to five games in. And, of course, we're in the heart of the NFL football season. So a lot of different places we can start. But before we do, I just wanted to ask, how you doing, man? An- another week in-, in the fall? You look good. You look uh, you look very sophisticated with the goatee you got going on. The hair looks great. What's happening? Oh, man, I don't say that because it's all I got to lose. I got to lose a lot of it coming up. The goatee and all is going away. Uh, my girlfriend and I are doing like a Halloween costume thing and the people we chose, the guy does not have any facial hair. So for the first time since freshman year of college, it's all coming off. Uh, the hair, depending on this podcast ends, I'm going to go get that cleaned up because it's getting, I've gotten a haircut since April, which Holy is a personal shit. record for me. Yeah. I got this today. This is a haircut from today. Wait, what's on your hand, by the way? A sock. I have a sock on my hand. Care to elaborate or? I did laundry. I did two loads. There was one leftover sock. I'm waiting for the other load to be finished. I'm playing with said sock. I shouldn't have. I should have have engaged. My bad. Never mind. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what's the Halloween costume? Can you give it away or is this going to be? Yeah, sick? yeah. So okay. um, we're both huge Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans. I've said on this podcast. Nine-Nine. Nine. Um, yes, Nine-Nine. Um, I think it's better than The Office. I think it's way better than Parks and Rec. I think that if it had the same cult following that The Office had, it would replace that in society. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going as Jake and Amy. Jake is, of course, clean shaven. So that's got to go. I am not, I'm not cutting the hair to Jake's length. That's a little bit much for a costume, I think. But, yeah, all the facial hair will be off the first time since I was 18. Wow. Okay. So you're going as Jake Peralta and I get, so you guys have like cop uniforms. Is that how we're doing it? So she does. Cause I mean, you know, Amy dresses in like complete like dress code attire and then Jake obviously does not. So I have the, um, the classic Jake plaid button up shirt, a black leather jacket. I was able to find that, um, that like necklace he uses for his badge because he never wears his badge. Always just dangling. Um, we got some plastic prop guns, and then I got black hairspray to dye my hair black. She's going to wear a wig that looks like Amy. So it's a pretty easy costume as far as comfort goes, so we're trying to, you know, hit all the details. All right. Well, listen, best of luck to you. That sounds like an awesome costume. Um, me and Victoria spent a long time thinking about what we should be this year. We've never really done a couple's costume, and we've been together for almost five years now, and I just don't remember – ever dressing up for Halloween with her. So this year we have a Halloween party that we were invited to not to brag. We are a little popular these days. Um, we were invited to one party, just one. Um, Exciting. I was invited are, to two. Not that it matters. <laughs> we are going to go as bikers, but from super troopers. Well, oh, that's okay. the thing where she's going to go as like a motorcycle, Harley Davidson riding biker girl. Mm-hmm. I am going to go as a Lance Armstrong, tights you know oh god shirt goggles helmet cyclist and i am eventually going to say during the day oh biker 
I'm an idiot, which is the line from Super Troopers. So that's going to be our costume biker, but from different uh, perspectives. And so when, where do the steroids come in? Yeah, it's going to be without the steroids. <laughs> you got to commit to the role, man. All right. Do you want me to have a prosthetic one nut too? Is, is that what we're <laughs> doing here? I mean, if you want to win that costume contest, that's what you got to do. I'm not Lance Armstrong. I'm just a cyclist. Um, <laughs> all right. We got a lot to get into today. I want to start with the NBA, um, mainly the Eastern Conference. You know, we can talk a little bit about the West, but, you know, it's it's the Warriors are 4-0 off of Steph's brilliance. The Jazz are 3-0. and You know, Timberwolves 3-1. and Dallas 2-1. and Sacramento 2-2. Two and two. Those, are, those are the top five seeds. You round out with Portland, Denver, Grizzlies, and then the Clippers and the, and the Lakers are sitting there. Lakers at two and three, Clippers at one and three. They're, they're sort of disappointing. Um, you go down that list, you have the Suns at one and three. That's disappointing. We're so early in the season that it's stupid to look at these records and, and really have a reaction. But if there's any team in the West that gets a ton of coverage from the media, it's the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see them struggle with Westbrook, LeBron, AD. You know, we saw the little skirmish between – Davis and Howard a few games ago in a loss. Um, I want to know what that was about. Like, yeah. I really do. Because he yeah. just came off a team. For, I mean, he, it's not like he can't play with other star big men. He just came off of a team where well, he, he was he's like. He's been on this team. He played with Anthony Davis two years ago. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot that roster didn't change all that much. Uh, yeah, so what What was that beef about? I, I don't know what it was. It was weird. It was just like a tough guy thing because I think like I think Howard stood up to tell him to shut up, and I think Davis was like, oh, you're going to step to me. I think it was one of those situations. Um, but yeah, my favorite part about the West is literally the fact that the Lakers are struggling. Love to see that. Love it when LeBron struggles. And Steph has these Warriors at 4-0 without Klay Thompson with basically Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, and I guess Andrew Wiggins in a tie for the second best player on the roster. It's insane. Yeah. He what he's doing like this last season and this season is as impressive to me, if not more so than when they went on that almost undefeated season run because they were so talented you could discount it so easily but what Steve Kerr and Steph are doing now with no help is nothing short of incredible I mean there's no doubt he's the best shooter of all time at this point yeah 100% agree with you and he is the one guy if I'm not watching my Brooklyn Nets your Sixers and the New York Knicks I will watch Steph Curry every time he's on national television I can almost say that about Luka not there yet with him because I just don't think the Mavericks are that good. And I think that they downgraded at the coaching position this year, uh, going from Carlisle to Jason Kidd. But they, they no. absolutely did. Jason yeah. Carl, I mean, Rick Carlisle was one of the most respected NBA head coaches in the league for decades. And they, they signed a guy who mm, yeah, spilled, his, spilled his drink on purpose during a, a basketball game. But uh, no, I digress. So that's the Western Conference. Do you have any more comments about that before we move to the East? I'm just disappointed in the Suns. I thought they were really starting to click. Um, Bridges just got that big deal to be like the third part of that big three with Booker and Aiton. Um, and like you said, it, we played four games. Like, this is a bad stretch. But you would have liked to have seen them come out of the gates hot after a really good playoff last year. I mean, granted, it didn't make it as far as, you know, you would like to the end. But at no point did they have a bad game or really, like, blow it. They just – they were outmanned and, you know, didn't have as much experience. So, I was hoping for more. I'll tell you this. I've seen sort of this pattern, and you can tell me that I'm wrong, but we had so many years where it was Cavs, Golden State. Before that, it was Spurs, Lakers, Miami, the same few teams 
So you never really saw a trend of like, say, a team losing in the championship and not getting back there. Because yeah. every time the Cavs lost, they'd get back. Every time Miami lost, they'd get back. You know, what had the Spurs, the year they lost, they got back. The last two years, we have seen the Miami Heat, I'm sorry, three years ago, the Heat lost, or two years ago, whatever I'm trying to say. They were two not, years ago. It was the bubble. Ago. Wasn't it? They, yeah. It was the bubble. Last year, disappointment. Yeah. Last year, the Suns were in the finals. This year, I think they're in for disappointment. I think there's, you know, a certain sort of hangover NBA teams get after they lose a championship if they don't have that LeBron James type player. And I love Jimmy Butler. I think he's a tough SOB. He ain't LeBron James. No. And I think there's something that gets in your head. Like it's got, I mean, it's brutal to get all the way there. Like you do all the work, you come up just short. And I think at some part of you next season, you go, okay, look, we just need to get there again. But you skip over the 82 games and the other playoff series that got you there and just think about, okay, what are we going to do different in the finals? In the finals, we've got to get there first. And I think that's what the Heat screwed up on. I mean, hopefully the Suns have the same fate, but I think it's a mental thing. Yeah, and and look, you see what the Suns have been doing with Aiton. They don't want to sign him to a long-term deal, so there's some animosity between them. That's a weird choice, right? Like, it's not just me. That's an odd decision. It is an odd decision. I'm not crazy about it. What um, other big men are they looking at getting their I, hands on? I have no idea. They're, they're a weird team. Chris Paul's another year older. He's not getting mm-hmm. any younger. I, I mean, and and let's face it, a lot of, you know, last year was just the way the West played out. The Lakers weren't a powerhouse last year. Um, and, the, and the toughest team that the Suns had to beat was a Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, this year you're going to have the Warriors at full strength again at some point. The Lakers are better. The Clippers – no, are still stink. the Clippers. Clippers stink. They're out. So far. I mean, but yeah. they're still – it's hard to be bad when but, you have those two guys on your roster. I'm with you. And I think the West is much more competitive Denver. because yeah, you have Denver. Denver will have, be healthy. Utah will be healthy. And you have some of these young teams in the Sacramentos, the Memphises, the um, Clevelands in the East. But some of the, uh, the Timberwolves, that's the team I was yeah, thinking of. Come on. You're going to get one of those teams Dallas? in the playoffs. Dallas, Luka, exactly. Look, the, the difference between I think this year and last year is – the Suns are off to a bad start. And 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 last year they were in the top three most of the year. So we'll we'll see if they can turn it around. But I want to get to the Eastern Conference, Brandon, because it, it's it's a little bit more all over the place than the West. Tonight you have our primetime game that everyone predicted: the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks. Chicago's four and oh, they are number one in the East. The Knicks are three and one, they are three. The Hornets are also four and one. Miami's three and one sitting at the four seed right now. Wizards are three and one Hawks, three and one bucks, three and two Cavs, three and two. Those are the top eight teams in the East. And then everybody else either has a 500 record or a losing record, including the Sixers and the Nets. So let's, let's start to talk about, you know, this, that these top teams in the East right now, what we're seeing. I mean, you look at the top four teams. I just mentioned the bulls, the Hornets, the Knicks, the heat, None of those teams outside of the Knicks really had a great season last year. No, I mean, and you and I were texting about the Knicks because they they dispatched my Sixers pretty quickly the other night. It was demoralizing. And the Sixers looked absolutely terrible. We haven't looked that bad in, God, a couple seasons. But the Knicks looked good. I mean, you know, we were talking about their depth at guard um, just right off the bat. Even if Kemba doesn't keep up this pace that he's playing, which he probably won't, you still can go to Rose. You still can go to Toppin off the bench. Um, 
Julius Randle broke out in a big way last year. I t- Mitchell, he handled Joel Embiid more than most people are able to handle Joel Embiid. Um, and that's just the starters. I mean, the, you, the bench goes on and on and on. Um, Fournier's over there. I mean, he can score pretty much at the moment's notice. They have so many guys that if someone else is cold, they can hurt you. None of them are great, but they're all good. Yeah, I think both these teams, the Knicks and the Bulls, have been really fun to watch at the start of this year. Look, the Knicks were the four seed last year, and and whether you want to call it lucky, whether you want to call it that they had, you know, they they were the most healthy, they had an easier schedule, whatever the case may be, they were the four seed, and they add this year a healthy Mitchell Robinson who was not there a lot last year. They add Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier to this already pretty solid roster. So of course they got deeper. You still have an MVP candidate, Julius Randle. You still have, you know, veteran leadership and Derek Rose. You have a young guy in RJ Barrett. Um, they have the pieces to tire teams out in the East. Now it's funny because you compare them to the Bulls. The Bulls are much more top heavy. You mm-hmm. know, Zach Levine, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and then Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Those are those are the kind of headline. Oh, and Demar Derozan. Yeah, let's say you can't. Yeah, yeah. I forgot Derozan. Those are the headline guys for the Bulls. After that, the roster drops off a little bit, but they've been impressive. I mean, Levine is playing like an all-NBA player right now. Lonzo is finally shooting the ball a little bit better than, than he did to start his career. Caruso is like must-watch television. I love seeing highlights of that guy. And and DeRozan, you know, his play has not dropped off of, over the last few years. He'll still give you 15 to 18 a game. He's still a mid-range assassin. Um, so you like what Chicago did in the offseason. You like what the Knicks did, and you can see it paying dividends early on in the season. Not to mention, I mean, you're spot on with those four guys. I'm not going to rehash it. But last year when they brought Vucevic in, at first I was disappointed for Vucevic because I think he's a top three center in the East. And when he went from Orlando to another non-contender, I was like, oh, man, this guy's going to be buried again. But building around him – I mean, he might be the most talented player on that roster, probably is the most talented player on that roster outside of Zach Levine. Yeah, I like his game a lot. He used to kill the Nets when he was with the Magic. Um, just look at some, looking at some of these other teams in the East, you know, the Hornets have been extremely impressive. Miles Bridges has really stepped up his play this year. He's been averaging, I think, a little bit over 25 points a game or something crazy like that. Um, you know, LaMelo Ball is another year in the league. He's going to get better. Uh, Gordon Hayward is, is still on the team. And um, I, I like Charlotte. I like their youth. I, you know, Terry Rozier is hurt right now, but he'll be back. Miami's sitting there three and one. They got a little bit better with the acquisitions of Lowry and PJ Tucker. They're a little bit more deep than they were last year. Um, you still have Tyler Hero. I think he's, he's going to be much better this year than he was last year. After that, you're looking at some of these teams. I mean, the Wizards aren't going to stay there. I think the Wizards are going to drop off. They're three and one right now. Um, the Hawks, the Bucks at three, three and one and three and two respectively, not much to say there. And then you have this Cavaliers team, Brandon. I I brought them up earlier. Jared Allen, former Brooklyn net, one of the most efficient players in the league right now, his shooting percentage from the field is very high. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but he's averaging 17 or 18 a game. He's shooting very high from the field. They also have a young stud in Evan Mobley. They still have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. I mean, slowly but surely, you really like what the Cavs are building with these young guys. Yeah. Um, you got to give a lot of credit to just the Cavs you know, organization as a whole. They don't get the love of, of being like, they're not a Boston 
recently Milwaukee, New York, Philly, like they're not that. I mean, they were briefly when LeBron was there. But even without LeBron, I mean, they really took a team that was decimated when he left. They blew the whole thing up. But they're hitting on these guys in the draft. Like you said, Mobley was a big hit. Um, however things work out with Sexton, he's been a talented he's, – he's talented. He could turn into a draft piece. He could turn into um, you know, a role player on the team. Uh, Jared Allen going out and getting with the Nets for whatever the reason didn't want, even though it's the number one thing you need at the moment. Is you know an efficient defensive minded. It's not, it's not that the board. Nets didn't want him; it was that they wanted James Harden a little bit more. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, just picking up these guys that were kind of either cast aside or hitting on your draft picks—they're bad in a thousand. Just about. I mean, that, that's how you get a team back to being good very quickly. I'll give you a great example: a guy who was cast off, uh, cast aside by the Chicago Bulls, Laurie Markkinen. They picked him up. He's been looking pretty good. He had a ridiculous posterization dunk of Mason Plumlee the other day. And you look at the wins that the Cavs have, have put up. Clippers, Nuggets, Hawks, all playoff teams last year. They lost yeah. to the Hornets. They lost to the Grizzlies. So they're 3-2 and two out of the gate with a tough schedule. Um, you give them a lot of credit. We got to get to our respective teams. You know, it sucks that out of the three teams we cover – the one that neither of us are a fan of the Knicks are the most successful early on in the season, but your Philadelphia 76ers two and two, my Brooklyn Nets two and three. Um, I'll start with the Nets coming off a loss against the heat. Um, a few issues for the Nets. They don't have any big men who can rebound as, as you saw uh, the heat destroyed the Nets on the offensive glass. We're not going to get too into it, but LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin and Paul Millsap. None of those guys are, elite rebounders and even Nick Claxton when he's out there isn't an elite rebounder and then James Harden isn't really James Harden right now I mean no. we were led to believe that the rehab went great over the summer he you know he was ready to hoop and we're seeing Harden averaging 16.6 points per game through five games when last year he was averaging over 24 a game you're seeing these uncharacteristic turnovers he looks slow he's hesitant he's giving up open shots to, to to allow guys like bruce brown and patty mills and and anyone not named kevin durant to 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 get looks and as a nets fan i am concerned i i have i have said this on my show i've said this on twitter it is concerning when your star player or your second star player and now that you don't have kyrie urban for the beginning of the season he's not really himself and right now it's almost like 1.25 stars with KD being KD being the lone star. So it's a little bit tough if you're a Nets fan right now. Yeah, I I don't know what do you think any part of it is that Kyrie is gone and he's taking that facilitator role too seriously? No, no. I, I think it's a physical and mental thing. I think that mentally he is not his his confidence is not there. You can see it. There was a play where he had Kyle Lowry in the post, like deep in the post last night, and he gave it up to somebody else for virtually no reason. And you're thinking, James Harden 6'4", Kyle Lowry 6'2", 6'1", take him, take him, do something. Um, so no, I, I think it's physical, I think it's mental, I think he's still playing his way back into that elite level, but the question is how long is that going to take? I mean, you guys have a ton of time, like, I forget – Ah, uh, who the hell did it? Was it the Lakers or? I mean, no matter what seed you get in the playoffs, if you're the best team in the division, it's not it, it's not going to matter. I'm, I'm almost certain it was LA that proved that they came into the playoffs towards the like the ass end. I want to say I was in the bubble, um, and play like the toughest stretch to get back up there. It's definitely it's possible, it's doable. And I said it's only five games in, 
That being said, if it just doesn't happen this year or if his game changes because of that injury, then you're a totally different team. Like we've already gone over the fact that you're not an elite defensive team. It's not as bad as you'll make it out to be for sure, but you're not a good rebounding team. So you need KD and Harden and your offense to be efficient because you're not going to get second choice, second chance buckets or turnovers. We don't just need them to be efficient, Brandon. We need them to be a top three offense in the league for us to make up for that terrible rebounding and not elite defense that you just alluded to. Because you can't – if you're going to be a championship contender, you have to excel in one part of the game, whether it's defense, whether it's offense, whether it's both. You can't just be okay at offense, not great at defense or rebounding, and expect to be successful. So absolutely, if the Nets are going to have any success – it's either going to come from Kyrie Irving returning or James Harden getting back to that elite level that we're used to watching him play at. Uh, but I, I digress. Like you said, it's a long season. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. Well, you know, this is a way too early, quick reaction that I'm having. Um, but I'm allowed to be concerned. It's been a five games. Five games is a, is a large enough sample size for me to say, hey, he is not where he's supposed to be right now. No. Um, yeah. I want to move on to your 76ers, two and two, no Ben Simmons. You guys are coming off a bad loss. Uh, was it to the Knicks was your last It was loss? the Knicks, yeah, the Knicks. Okay. At its peak, I think we were down like 20, 25. We ended up losing by 11, I think, when all was said and done. But it was a garbage time 11. We got throttled, no matter how you look at the scoreboard. And Bede wasn't himself. I think he finished the first half with like less than 10 points, most of which were on um, free throws. Curry couldn't get it going. Green couldn't get it going. Tobias, who's usually electric from the mid-range, couldn't find anything in the mid-range. Um, and they turned us over a lot. Props to the Knicks. They had an answer for Embiid. They knew that, you know, like Maxi running the point. They figured out a way around them. Maxi's not an elite shooter, and he can't finish at the rim when he's contested. He can get to the rim to run past people, but they just didn't let him. They played right in front of him the whole time, and we had no answer on offense. And when you don't have Ben Simmons on defense, as annoying as he is, he was, you know, he was one of the best defenders in the conference, without a doubt. So when you lose that and you lose the offense, we're pretty much the, we're, we're the Nets. We have an okay offense, an okay defense, and we're okay on the boards, and it's not enough. I like Maxi a lot, but it's ironic because I think Emmanuel quickly is like a very similar player to Maxi. Mm-hmm. So I saw there was that clip where uh, quickly crossed him over and hit a three. Right? Oh yeah. That was and bad. it's like th- those two guys cancel each other out. So then you look at the rest of the roster and unfortunately, because you guys don't have Simmons, you just don't have a deep team right now. No. Um, and the Knicks really do. So we don't have to talk too much about the Sixers right now because there's not a lot going on. But the one thing I will ask you is let's say Ben Simmons hypothetically doesn't come back. He doesn't play at all this year. What do you think is a realistic prediction for where the Sixers will land in the playoffs and not in the playoffs? I mean, where do you think they'll end up? As this team sits right now, if no other moves are made or anything like that, I think we're probably finished the season at the sixth seed. That's kind of from what I've seen this year. I mean, I think if Seth Curry gets hot, he's an elite scorer in the conference. Joel Embiid's Joel Embiid. No more needs to be said on that front. Um, the question really comes down to, you know, is Tobias going to be a star or a role player? Um, last year he was a star. This year so far he's been he's been a role player. He's been a max contract role player again. So which Tobias we get is going to be a big deal. And then, you know, like high upside guys. Furkan, when he plays the Nets, he's Michael Jordan. 
Outside of that, he's up and down. Same thing with Niang. I had high hopes for a stretch four. He's been okay, but he's not been the scoring threat I was hoping for. So it, we could be so good if all of our young guys hit, but it doesn't happen. So I'm thinking a six seed. All right. There you heard it from Brandon. He's given the Sixers a six seed. I will give the Nets a three seed right now with the way they're playing. I don't think they're – I think the Bucks are better than them, and I think that possibly the Heat might be better than them right now. But a lot can change uh, over these next few months. All right, let's get into the NFL. We don't have to specifically talk about our teams because, you know, the Giants won a game against the Panthers. Big whoop. Who cares? They're What's still- going on with the Panthers, though? That is something worth yeah, talking about. a little – I don't know. The Panthers uh, inquired about Deshaun Watson, and then they said they weren't interested. Um, they were three and zero, and now they're what three and four? They've lost their last four in a row. Yeah, they're an interesting team. The fact that they lost to the Giants is just completely pathetic. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure. The Eagles win over the Carolina. I was so, hanging my hat on that one. Speaking of the Eagles, you guys are coming off a loss against who? Uh, they all they all run together at this point. Shit. I can, I can, I can maybe tell you. Um, I watched you guys, the game too. You guys are coming. Oh, off Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. Well, Las Vegas. Whatever. <laughs> yes, you guys are coming <laughs> off a, a loss against Las Vegas in Las Vegas. Um, but I want to talk about this clip that I saw oh, on Twitter. God, the fertilizer. Nick Sirianni, man, this strange dude. Oh my God! I if if you're a player in the locker room and you hear this guy saying these things to you. How are you reacting? Is that motivational or are you just tuning him out? There's not a please, single player summarize, in that locker room. Summarize what he said and then, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's talking about the process and, like, how you got to grind and get better. And he basically ends it with this flower analogy where he's like, are you fertilizing yourself? Like, you need to be fertilizing. I guess fertilizing is the analogy for, like, practice and hard work. But it was just so strange to compare an NFL team – in a city like Philadelphia, to a flower. Like, for one, that's not not what they want to be known as. Two, if you break it all the way down to, like, fertilizing a plant, like, it's it's kind of nasty. It's manure. Like, what, what the fuck are we talking about here, Sirianni? Like, it's not he, – he never really got where he was going with that speech. I'm sorry, and I cut you off. You were going to say if you were a player, how would you react? I – there's not a single player in that locker room who takes any coach seriously, except for Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, because he is a god. Other than that, Gannon's a joke. Sirianni's a joke. Um, I forget who the hell's running the offense. Not that it matters. Yeah, I have no idea. You you would know that better than I. Um, we, we hired all Sirianni's buddies in the offseason, and they're all just beside themselves. Fletcher Cox came out and said, you pay me to sack the quarterback because – Gannon has simplified his defense for whatever the reason. He said he wanted to run a vanilla defense and get the concepts down. But every team in the league knows exactly what we're going to do before we do it. And I was watching the um, during the Las Vegas game. Then they had Jonathan Vilma in the booth. And he said a half-decent D2 quarterback could diagnose what the Eagles are doing and pick them apart. Half-decent D2 quarterback. That is the level at which he is conducting his defense. Jim Johnson is rolling over in his grave right now. The worst part about Sirianni's whole flower speech is that we've heard him do this before. When he got the job, he said a bunch of nonsense about how he wanted to, you know, basically make these players better. But he said it in such a way that sounded so incoherent and just babbling 
And it just wasn't smooth. Like he's not a smooth speaker. So you understand what his point is. His point is, hey, I understand we're losing. You guys don't see the work we're putting in. We're putting in a lot of good work. I don't you give know. a shit. But 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 you can say that, and there's not. But when you when you use these bizarre metaphors that, like, you know, I can think maybe a, a fourth grader can use this fertilizer flower metaphor. It's it's not it's not profound. It's not intelligent. It's no. just stupid. And as a player, as you know, you're a 25 year old man getting paid millions of dollars to play football, and you have this guy calling practice fertilizer and saying you're a flower i'd just be like yeah man like just let me play football at this point can you shut the fuck up yeah. uh it's it's bizarre man so and you're talking about the 25 year olds like you know we got miles sanders Devontae <laughs> smith they're new can you imagine being like fletcher cox jason yep. kelsey lane johnson they've won super bowls they're pro bowl guys they played for gee some of them played for andy when he was still here they got to be looking around like what happened to this organization looking at you know the Sirianni, Joe Judge, and Robert Sala, it's like all these guys just strike me as, as not great leaders. They just – I don't know what it is. I've never – Well, the jury's still out on Sala so far. But, yeah, Judge and Sirianni, I think the writing's on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just based on what I've seen from Sala, you know, with, with the Jets, they – I mean, it's not his fault guys have been getting hurt, this and that. But I don't know. Wilson's definitely a project. So, I don't know. We'll see. He's got but, a ways to go. You're right. Speaking of projects, I mean – the Dolphins picked Tua. They don't seem to want him that much. And he apparently had a press conference the other day where he's, they, you know, they asked him, they go, oh, do you feel wanted by the franchise? And, I mean, this is taken out of context without a doubt. But at some point he said, well, you know, I don't really feel wanted. And then there was a but and a whole bunch of other stuff. But that that line alone is troubling. Yeah. Tua is a weird kind of story. I mean. How good is he, really? I don't think he's as good as advertised, but I also don't think he's Josh Rosen bad. No, no, I, I think he's somewhere Luck. between. I think he's better than Jacoby Brissett. That's the oh, right. He's not better than Andrew Luck. He's better than any other option that the Dolphins have had. He's played actually a lot better these last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm not going to hate too much on Tua, but is he what the Dolphins thought he'd be? I don't think so. No, I think I think if he was, you're not publicly pleading. For Deshaun Watson with a rookie quarterback. I'm with you. All right. I want to get to one more point with the NFL and then we can finish the show talking about the world series because you know, the Astros are tied with the Braves one and one, and we got to talk about uh, that matchup. The final thing I'll say about the NFL is this to me, I look at all the teams in the NFL and you and I were talking before we started recording. And I, I look at who I think is capable of winning a Super Bowl. I say the Buccaneers, you brought up the Cardinals because they're undefeated. I think, the, you know, you can throw the Cardinals in there. I would throw the Bills in that conversation and the and the Los Angeles Rams. After that, I don't see any other team out there that I think is capable of winning a championship. Tennessee is very good. I don't think Tannehill has what it takes yeah. to, to succeed. The AFC North has four teams that can make the playoffs, but I don't think any of them are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, including the Ravens. Um, the AFC West, the Raiders are five and two. I don't think either of us think Derek Carr is no. without, without his buddy John Gruden, who, by the way, he said, "Love the sinner, hate the sin." After Gruden was was fired and all that stuff, or, or resigned, that was odd. At some you point, just at some that point, one. Derek Carr's just got to sit that out. I understand yeah. you like the guy, but don't don't say that. that anyway, 
didn't even want you, man. Yeah. Like, come on. You know, none of those teams in the AFC West, the Chargers, the Chiefs, or the – I mean, the Chiefs are 3-4 and four right now. If they can pick it up, I would obviously put them in that category. I don't know if they do. I don't know if they do. I'm with you. They I'm might totally not pick it you. up. I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that. So, you look, you keep looking. You have Dallas in the NFC East. Yes, Dallas is good. They'll do flame I think out. They'll flame out. The Packers, I don't think Rodgers has enough weapons, especially with Devontae Hurt right now. He'll obviously come back. But, you, you don't like, outside of Devontae Adams – their, their run game is inconsistent. They don't have another receiver. They're going to flame out, and it's not Rodgers' fault. I talked about the Buccaneers in the South. I don't think anyone thinks that Jameis and the 4-2 and two Saints are a Super Bowl contender. And then the NFC West has the Cardinals and the Rams. So my, my point being, outside of those four teams that I mentioned, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Bills, I don't see another team that is a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I don't – I mean, to be fair, we have three. I don't know how many we usually have. I don't remember there being several often. Well, but my, my point is, you know, in years past, so for, for the last 20 years, it's always been Tom Brady, no matter what. It still every, is. It still is. But every single playoffs, you expected the Patriots to win until Brady lost. Mm-hmm. And what was great about the last few years is, you know, you see the Chiefs and Mahomes coming up. They go and win a Super Bowl. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, shit. Maybe we have a new dynasty that can compete with Brady and compete with the Buccaneers. Well, they lose last year in the Super Bowl in embarrassing fashion. They got demolished, and it wasn't Mahomes' fault. The line was banged up, yada, yada, yada. But now that they are you know, decimated with injury, they're, they're not as great. They're three and four. Mahomes looks a little bit you know, down this year. I just I get upset because now it is just Tom Brady versus the competition again, right? Now yeah. you don't have this Brady versus Mahomes. Okay, maybe Kyler and the Cardinals can do it. Maybe Stafford and Goff, I'm sorry, Stafford and McVay and the new look Rams can do it. Maybe Josh Allen can put up a fight. But but it's all this maybe, you know, possibility bullshit. And when, when it was just the Chiefs, you knew that if Mahomes is healthy and the Chiefs offense is going, it was going to be a rematch of them and the Buccaneers. And that, for some reason, disappoints me. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not the same way. I didn't enjoy like the era of the NBA when it was Cavs, Cavs, Warriors, Warriors. Cavs, Warriors, yep, Cavs, yep, Warriors. Yep. I hated that because there was I, I like parody. So I'm okay with I mean, I would obviously rather Brady not be there every year, but I'm okay with finding out who the other challenger is gonna be. I think this year the best chance to uns so if I had to make a pick right now, it's gonna be Arizona. I think okay. they're gonna I think they're the most likely team to get there. I don't think they're the most likely team to beat Tampa Bay. I, I just don't think they have it on defense necessarily. They lost Watt again for the season. Kyler's young. Whole, most of the offense is like inexperienced as far as that goes. I mean, D-Hop was on the Texans. He's never really been there either. Zach Ertz, I mean, he has Super Bowl, so he's been Zach Ertz. But I think it's the Rams. If anyone is going to beat Tampa Bay in the big game, it is the Rams. Matt Stafford has waited for this his entire life. They have the talented defense. They have McVay, who's been there. Most of the offense, most of that offense has been there. But I don't know if the team's going to get there, but they're my best shot. See, I would really actually like that if the Rams were able to beat Brady because then you have a, a situation where the Chiefs, did the Chiefs beat the Niners or the Rams in the Super Bowl? Was it Wait, the Niners? When, when the Chiefs oh. – Won yeah. the Super Bowl. It was the Niners. Okay, yeah. never mind. Then that doesn't. I was gonna say if the Chiefs beat the Rams, 
if the Chiefs had beaten the Rams and the Rams beat the Bucks and the Bucks beat the Chiefs, I would have liked that. But I view the Rams and the Niners as sort of the same team over the last few years. I don't know why they've the just Rams been kind of well. I can get that because they're both Super Bowl teams that fell off considerably. And Shanahan and McVay are both those young, you know, suave, yeah. handsome coaches, along with Cliff Kingsbury, who uh yeah, that would be so, a fun Super Bowl though. Yes, because you would. know McVeigh's out for blood, and so is Stafford, and they would come out slinging it. I was going to finish my sentence by saying Cliff Kingsbury is easily the most handsome coach in the league. I mean, don't discount Mike McCarthy. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Brandon, let's get to some World Series talk real quick. Uh, before we even start this, what do you think the cheapest ticket at the World Series is for Game 3? Uh, 1200 $916. Okay. You were close, yeah. but less than $1,000. Okay, so the series is tied one-to-one. Um, you know, both games were completely different uh, in the sense that they weren't really that close. The first game, the Braves dominated. The second game, the Astros got some clutch hits. Um, now we have Luis Garcia pitching for the Houston Astros versus Ian Anderson for the Braves. When the series started, who did you like, and has that pick changed now that we're two games into the World Series? Um, I, I will never like the Astros. That being said, they were my pick from the jump and they're still my pick now. Um, I watched them against the Dodgers. They're still a super talented offense. Um, Correa and Altuve are both going to go down as some of the best players at their position as much as it pains me. Um, Yuri Goriel has been a revelation this year hitting and they still have the rotation. Um, I would, Garcia is not one of their stronger pitchers. He was still plenty to put away the Dodgers. Um, and then their bullpen. Um, the Astros bullpen has had to carry a serious load this year going long into games. And again, I mean, I'll go, keep going back to the Dodgers series because the Dodgers have one of the most talented lineups in baseball. And once the Strohs bought that, brought their bullpen in, the Dodgers were just stymied. They had nothing left. Um, I don't think Atlanta's as talented as LA. So I think their pitching staff is going to have their way with the Braves more or less. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I have Houston in this series too. And you asked me before the show, if I, you know, if I think people still hate Houston and if they should hate Houston, um, you can hate whoever you want, but as far as the cheating stuff goes, that's in the past at this point, these guys have proven that after the cheating scandal, after the suspensions, and I think there's only two or three guys from that cheating team still on this roster I think there's still, three left. It's there's Correa, left. Altuve, and I think Bregman was there. Bregman. They're still really fucking good at baseball. And they know how to win. And I give Dusty Baker a lot of credit for what he's done with this team this year. Um, Jordan Alvarez has been unbelievable for them. He was the one guy I didn't hear you mention early on. But I, I like Houston in this series. I think they're the better team. You know, Atlanta still doesn't have Acuna. Um, it's kind of a Cinderella story on how they got here. I think a lot of people thought the Dodgers would, would beat them in the NLCS, but here we are. Um, the Braves have a shot. I, I mean, Austin Riley's a really, really good player, and you know the, the Braves probably have the edge when it comes to starting pitching, uh, but uh, it's just hard to pick against Houston and, and, and all their hitting, um, and they are the better hitting team. So uh, I'm in agreement with you there. I don't think this is as fun of a World Series as it could have been if we got Dodgers-Houston again, but – I, I, I'm with you. I, I like Houston in the series. Yeah, it, it it's really not. I wanted to see Dodgers-Houston because there's still so much hatred and so much bad blood there. But I, what I will say, I don't. I still don't like the Astros. 
I have no issue with Dusty Baker. I think he came into a shit situation and turned it and turned it around. Um, not talent wise, but I mean, just having like such a hated team and being able to manage that is you know incredible. Right. But I think after this year, if you're a Dodgers fan, I mean, Doug, I know you're out there. If you're still listening to the cast by by chance, let me know if I'm wrong. You can't if you're a Dodgers fan, you can't have beef with the Astros after this year. You can't. You can't. You really can't. You you've you really had can't. your chances to come back and get them. They've been there waiting for you, and you haven't, you know, like they, they were sitting right there. It was like, okay, you got your shot at the Astros this year. Come and do it. All you I, had to do was get through Atlanta. I feel the same way about the New York Yankees. They've had series against the Astros. They've gotten beat since all the cheating stuff. They have not done what they need to do to redeem themselves. I will say this. In the Astros-Boston series, I was rooting for Houston because as much as I dislike Houston because of the cheating stuff, I dislike Boston so much more. So I was a little bit happy when when the, the Astros – you know, beat the Red Sox and, and took them to school. Um, I'm rooting for the Braves. If you're going to ask me who I'm rooting for, it's Atlanta. But my Same. prediction is 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 the the Astros will win. I'm a big uh, believer in like I like to see the team that eliminated me win everything because yes. it makes you feel better about getting eliminated. Yes, I agree with you on that. All right, Brandon, that does it for this week's episode of Two Hours No Traffic. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you all next week next Wednesday, unless Spence has another pickup game. Yeah, yeah, we recorded a day later because I needed to play basketball yesterday. Um, I got a sprained pinky finger because of it, but uh, that's okay. One looks really short. Oh, the short one. That could be your arms. No, look, you see the one that's fatter? This is terrible audio. One of my pinkies is swelled (laughs) up uh, like a balloon. If you're not watching this, just turn it off now. Yes, I will I will not miss the pod to play basketball next week, uh, but no promises.